chapters thirty six through forty of a woman's experiences in the great war by louise mack this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter thirty six a solitary walk surely surely this livid copper-tinted noontide hanging over antwerp was conceived in hades as a presentation of the world's last day indescribably terrible in tone and form because of its unearthly qualities of smoke shrapnel petroleum fumes and broken dissipated clouds the darkened skies seemed of themselves to offer every element of tragedy while the city lying stretched out beneath in that agony of silence that lasted from twelve o'clock to half-past one was one vast study in blood fire ruined houses ruined pathways smoke appalling odours heartbreak and surrender the last steamer had gone from the port the last of the fleeing inhabitants had departed by the breda gate all that was left now was the empty city waiting for the entrance of the germans empty were the streets empty were the boats crowded desolately on the scheldt empty were those hundreds of deserted motor-cars heaped in great weird pathetic piles down at the water's edge as useless as though they were perambulators because there were no chauffeurs to drive them empty was the air of sound except for the howling of dogs that ran about in terror crying miserably for their owners who had been obliged to desert them through the emptiness of the air when the dogs were not howling resounded only a terrible ferocious silence that seemed to call up mocking memories of the noise the shells had been making incessantly ever since two nights ago it was an hour never to be forgotten an hour that could never never come again i kept saying that to myself as i continued my solitary walk solitary walk for the first time in a lifetime that bit of journalese took on a meaning so deep and elemental that it went right down to the very roots of the language the whole city was mine i seemed to be the only living being left i passed hundreds of tall white stately houses all shattered and locked and silent and deserted i went through one wide deadly street after another i looked up and down the great paralyzed quays i stared through the yellow avenues of trees i heard my own footsteps echoing echoing the ghosts of five hundred thousand people floated before my vision for weeks for months i had seen these five hundred thousand people laughing and talking in these very streets and yesterday and the day before i had seen them fleeing for their lives out of the city anywhere anywhere out of the reach of the shells and the germans and i wondered where they were now those five hundred thousand ghosts were they still struggling and tramping and falling along the roads to holland as i wondered i kept on seeing their faces in these their doorways and at these their windows i saw them seated at these their cafes along the side paths i heard their rich liquid antwerp voices speaking french with a soft swift rush or twanging away at flemish with the staccato insistence of flanders i felt them all around me in all the deserted streets at all the shuttered windows it was too colossal a thing to realize that the five hundred thousand of them were not in their city any longer that they were not hiding behind the silence and the shutters 
but were out in the open world beyond the city gates fighting their way to holland and freedom and now i wondered why i was here myself listening to my echoing footsteps through the hollow silences of the ville morte why had i not gone with them then as i walked through the dead city i knew why i was there it was because the gods had been keeping for me all these years the supreme gift of this solitary walk when i should share her death-pangs with this city i so passionately loved that was the truth i had been unable to tear myself away if antwerp suffered i desired to suffer too i desired to go hand in hand with her in whatever happened when the germans came marching in many a time before had i loved a city loved her for her beauty her fairness her spirit her history her personal significance to me pietrasanta ravenna viviana poppi locarno verona florence venice rome sydney colombo arles london parma for one reason or another i have worshipped you all in your turn one represents beauty one work one love one sadness one joy one the escape from the ego one the winging of ambition one sheer aestheticism one liquid limpid gladness at discovering oneself alive but antwerp was the first and only city that i loved because she let me share her sufferings with her right through the valley of death right up to the moment when she breathed her last sigh as a city and passed into the possession of her conquerors suddenly through the terrific inconceivable lull hurtling with a million memories of noises i heard footsteps heavy dragging yet hurried and looking up a side street opposite the burning ruins of the chaussee de soliers i saw two belgian soldiers limping along making towards the breda gate both were wounded and the one who was less bad was helping the other they were hollow-cheeked hollow-eyed starved ghastly with a growth of black beard and the ravages of smoke and powder all over their poor faded blue uniforms and little scarlet and yellow caps they were dazed worn out finished famished nearly fainting but as they hurried past me the younger man flung out one breathless question est que la ville est prise it seemed to be plucked from some page of homer its potency was so epic so immense that i felt as if i must remain there forever rooted to the spot where i had heard it it went thrilling through my being it struck me harder than any shell seeming to fell me for a moment to the ground then i rose permeated with a sense of living in the world's greatest drama and feeling not seeing art and life and death and literature inextricably and terribly yet gloriously mixed till one could not be told from the other for he who had given his life whose blood dropped red from him as he moved knew not what had happened to his city he was only a soldier his was to fight not to know it is months since then but i still hear that perishing soldier's voice breaking over his terrific query presently rousing myself i ran onwards and walked beside the men giving my arm to the younger one who took it mechanically without thanking me i liked that and altogether we hastened through the livid greyness along the avenue of commerce towards the breda gate in dead silence we laboured onwards 
it was still a solitary walk for neither of my companions said a word only sometimes without speaking one of them would turn his head and look backwards without stopping at the red flames reflected in the black sky to northward suddenly to our amazement we saw a cart coming down a side street containing a man and a little girl i ran like lightning towards it terrified lest it should pass but that man in the cart had a soul he had seen the bleeding soldiers he was stopping of himself he offered to take me too quick quick mes amis he said the germans are coming in at the other end even now the petite here was lost and thanks to the bon dieu i have just found her that is why i am so late as the soldiers crawled painfully into the little cart i whispered to the elder one do you know where your king is monsieur ah the flash in that hollow eye it was worth risking one's life to see it and to hear the love that leapt into the belgian's voice as he answered truly i know not exactly but wherever he is i do know this our king is on the battlefield oh oh beautiful speech on the battlefield where else would albert be indeed on the battlefield i put it beside the epic question together they lie there in my heart imperishable and more precious than any written poem chapter thirty seven enter les allemands it is now half-past one and i am back at the hotel at least my watch says it is half-past one but all the many great gold-faced clocks in antwerp have stopped the day before and their hands point mockingly to a dozen different times one knows that only some ghastly happening could have terrified them into such wild mistakes heartbreaking it is as well as appalling to see those distracted timepieces and their ignorance of the fatal hour half-past one and the clocks point pathetically to eleven or eight or five inside the great dim restaurant a pretence of lunch is going on between the little handful of people left everybody sits at one table the chauffeur henri the refugees from lierre their maidservant jeanette the proprietor and his old sister and his two little grandchildren and their father the porter and a couple of very ugly old belgians who seem to belong to nobody in particular and have sprung from nobody knows where we have some stewed meat with potatoes a rough ill-cooked dish this is the first bad meal i have had in antwerp but what seems extraordinary to me is that there should be any meal at all as we sit round the table in the darkness of that lurid noontide the dead city outside looks in through the broken windows and there comes over us all a tension so great that nobody can utter a word we are all thinking the same thing we are thinking with our dull addled clouded brains that the germans will be here at any minute and then suddenly the waiter cries out in a loud voice from across the restaurant les allemands we all spring to our feet we stand for a moment petrified through the great uncurtained windows of the hotel we see one grey figure and then another walking along the side path up the avenue of commerce they have come says everyone after a moment's hesitation monsieur claude the proprietor and his old sister move out into the street and mechanically i and all the others follow as if afraid to be left alone within chapter thirty eight my son and now through the livid sunless silences of the deserted city 
still reeking horribly of powder shrapnel smoke and burning petroleum the germans are coming down the avenues to enter into possession here they come a long grey line of foot soldiers and mounted men all with pink roses or carnations in their grey tunics suddenly a long-lidded baker's cart dashes across the road at a desperate rate wheeled by a poor old belgian whose face is so wild that i whisper as she passes close to me is somebody ill in your cart without stopping without looking even her haggard eyes full of despair she mutters dead my son he was a soldat then she hurries on at a run now to find a spot where she can hide or bury her beloved before the germans are all over the city chapter thirty nine the reception a singular change now comes over the silent deserted city first a few stray belgians show on the side paths then more appear and more still and as the procession of the germans comes onwards through the town i discover little groups of men and women sprung out of the very earth it seems to me all along the avenue of commerce gathered in the heavy greyness on the side paths are little straggling groups of andersois as i look at them i suddenly experience a sensation of suffocation am i dreaming or are they really smiling those people smiling to the germans then to my horror i see two old men waving gaily to that long grey oncoming line of men and horses and then i see a woman flinging flowers to an officer who catches them and sticks them into his horse's bridle at that moment i realize i am in for some extraordinary experience something that brussels has not in the least prepared me for chapter forty the laughter of brutes along the avenue the grey uniforms are slowly marching headed by fair blue-eyed arrogant officers on splendid roan horses and the clang and clatter of them breaks up the silence with a dramatic sharpness the silence that has never been heard in antwerp since as they come onward the germans look from left to right i stand on the pavement watching drawn there by some irresistible force eagerly i search their faces looking now for the horrid marks of the brute triumphant gloating over his prey for the brute triumphant is not there to-day for these thousands of germans who march into antwerp on this historic friday are characterized by an aspect of dazed incredulity that almost amounts to fear they all wear pink roses or carnations in their coats or have pink flowers wreathed about their horses harness or round their gun carriages and provision motors and sometimes they burst into subdued singing but it is obvious that the enormous buildings of antwerp and its aspect of great wealth and solidarity fairly take away their breath and their eyes quite plainly say that they cannot understand how they come to be in possession of this great rich wonderful prize they look to left and right their blue eyes full of curiosity as i watch i think of bismarck's remark about london what a city to loot that same thought is in the eyes of all these thousands of germans as they come in to take possession of antwerp and they suddenly burst into song papachen and die wacht am rhein but never very cheerily or very loudly do they sing i fancy at that moment 
experiencing as they are that phase of naive and genuine amazement the germans are really less brute than usual and then just as i am thinking that i meet with my first personal experience of the meaning of german brute a young officer has espied a notice-board high above a cafe on the left a delighted grin overspreads his face and he quickly draws his companion's attention to it together the two gaze smiling at the home-like words wintergarten their blue eyes glued upon the board as they ride along the contrast between their gladness and that old belgian mother's agony suddenly strikes through my heart like a knife the pathos and tragedy of it all are too much for me to see this beloved city possessed by germans is too terrible yes standing there in the beautiful avenue of commerce i weep as if it were london itself that the germans were coming into for i have lived for long unforgettable weeks among the belgians at war and i have learned to love and respect them above all peoples and so i stand there in the avenue with tears rolling down my cheeks watching the passing of the grey uniforms with my heart all on fire for poor ruined belgium then looking up i see a young prussian officer laughing at me mockingly as he rides by he laughs and looks away that smart young grey-clad uhlan with roses in his coat then he looks back and laughs again and rides on still laughing mockingly at what he takes to be some poor little belgian weeping over the destruction of her city to me that is an act of brutality that small as it may seem counts for a barbarity as great as any murder germany for that brutal laugh no less than for your outrages you shall pay some day you shall surely pay End of chapter 40, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.